you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a double loser edition of Locked On Indians. I did not expect them to drop two today to the Royals. We'll get into all of that in a minute. First, as they always tell you, this could, every podcast is someone's first podcast. And I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, uh, formerly of CBS, technically CBS, I guess, uh, when I was at 24-7, uh, scout and just about every Cleveland sports blog imaginable. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. We'll get into these games. Let's talk about the promotion of Anthony Ghost. Uh, he gets the call-up. It was interesting uh, because I didn't necessarily expect him to get the call-up, but I talked about the fact, if you listen to the podcast, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And if he didn't get a call-up now, there's a good chance he would leave. Uh, so the problem is he's out of options. Uh, this is a chance to see what he can do. Uh, you know, he pitched in the second game for one and two-thirds innings, and he throws the ball really hard. But that's about all he has. Uh, in a lot of regards, I kind of look at this as a reward. Uh, he is a player who, you know, he went and he pitched for the Olympics. I know he hadn't given up a run in a month, and he's a lefty, but he's 31 years old. Uh, and, you know, he's essentially a two-pitch guy who throws really hard as a lefty, but he's 31 years of age. I wouldn't be surprised if he is designated for assignment uh, at the end of the season. I don't necessarily think he's a future part of the Indians. I know they need relief help. I talked about that on the show yesterday. Like, who is a part of this bullpen going forward? Who is not? Who do you feel comfortable with in this pen? Uh, Nick Whitgren is just making that decision a lot easier (laughs) with every outing. But, you know, I know we look at Anthony Ghost and we look at traditional numbers and we look at, look at that, a lefty who throws as hard as he does. And that's hard to find. It's not as hard to find anymore. I can tell you that scouting uh, college and high school kids were seeing lefties throw harder and harder all the time. Uh, you know, that used to be, I remember Justin Hooper who ended up going to UCLA who at one point in time, like I think I projected him actually to the Padres with the pick that became Kyle Quantrell. If I were to go back in time and be able to find, you know, an article on Scout that probably doesn't exist anymore. I mean, he was this lefty. He was throwing like 97 in high school. Uh, Brady Aiken was getting high 90s. Like I had Brady Aiken heading into his high school years, the 10th best prospect in the draft because he was a silky smooth athlete on the mound. And all of a sudden he started throwing 97, 98. And that might have been the worst thing that ever happened to him because he went from like 92, you know, low 90s to what he was. Uh, and then his arm gave out. But I saw all of this because I know when it comes to ghosts, you, you just you see that velocity and you think, wow. But in every article about him getting called up, and by the way, I believe the way this works is that when they, you know, they designated GM Paul Gonzalez, brought on LaVarnway, designated LaVarnway. So this is that open 40-man spot. Now, that's also the spot that, you know, could, they're still going to need to open up one when Bieber's ready. This could even be as temporary as that. Uh, I think, again, I think this promotion is more of an attaboy. Good job. I don't think they, I don't think he has a future in Cleveland. And, I mean, he worked his tail off. You give him credit for that. I mean, this is a guy who came up as an outfielder uh, and came all the way back around, and you don't see that happen often. 
uh, why is Fangraphs not loading for me right now? I wanted to pull up some of his like AAA stats. Again, he turned 31 on the 10th of August, and I think this is, like I said, it's a, it's a temporary move for him as a player uh, just because of his age, because he is going to be a free agent no matter what, and the whole picture on him, I, I don't think he is someone you count on as part of next year's team or bullpen. And in general, you go and you look at goes. I finally got fan graphs to load. Like Total innings, obviously, no one pitched last year. Uh, in Cleveland, he had 29 innings in 2019. He's up to 33 this year. And the numbers aren't bad. They're not great. But yeah, I think, again, I think this is a reward. He worked his tail off to get back to the big leagues. I wish him, you know, all the luck in the world. I, he's just a one-pitch guy right now. And I would, that's just how I view it. Maybe I'll be wrong, but uh, that's, as I was, you know, I talked about when this whole thing happened online, uh, there's so many players. I saw other people saying, like, I only think there's a few guys, and I'm not going to, I felt like I got a little bit subtweeted, and I'm not going to go out and call out the people who did it, because whatever, I I care less and less um, about such things, but I, I don't. Well, I'll say one of them. Like, I know Matt might listen. And I, Matt and I, we often disagree. We had Matt on the show about a year ago this time. Uh, but I just, I don't see how you can only think that there's like five guys worthy of rostering. Just when you look at, you know, Valera, Freeman, uh, or, or, you know, the easy names off the top of my head, Rocoyo as well. Uh, Rochi, uh, man, I cannot, you know, pronunciation's always hard and apparently can't do it all today. Uh, Cody Morris. And, you know, that's just your basic four. Uh, It's not getting into the the Richie Palacios, who maybe doesn't get in anymore with his injuries. That doesn't get into um, Steve Kwan, who we've uh, we've talked about before in the show. It's a a tricky situation. I think they have to, you know, and I I saw other people talking about that. uh, You know, everyone's under this, but not everyone is. You know, we talked that there are organizations that don't have that depth uh, and aren't going to struggle with it. And the Indians are in a very odd situation in general uh that's that's just the truth of it uh there and it'd be one of those things if it was just the navel gazing you know if it was just someone like myself or zach meisel or other people like that it's not it's you know fan graphs has talked about it other espn baseball america i talked to people who with other organizations and they know it they know the indians are under a crunch and they're watching it because they think there's talent to be had uh so yeah it's it's not just the navel gazing that is natural from people who cover the team, but it's, it is a well-known fact. And like I said, uh, in the past, San Diego and Tampa were also known to have these issues and they found ways to consolidate and we'll see if the Indians do or do not do such things. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break early in the show here today, come back and talk about the games in this doubleheader. And then depending on time, we'll maybe do a preview for the rest of the series. If not, we'll just dive into uh, a pair of stinkers. So one of those fantastic sponsors is betonline.ag. And remember, right now you're getting the best deal you have ever gotten from betonline.ag because you can use the promo code NFL100. Why is it the best deal we've ever offered with them? Because you're getting 100% back on your deposit with NFL100. Normally it's only 50%. We're talking 100% back. Let's go see what tomorrow's line is. Tomorrow's game is a 5.10 p.m. game, which means 6.10 for those listeners out there in the Eastern time zone. Uh, Cal Quantrell versus Daniel Lynch. With it being an Indians home game and the way Quantrell is pitched, it should be no uh, surprise that Lynch is the one getting the runs in this game. Over or under of nine, I'd be tempted to bet the under in this one. That is currently at 105. Uh, the Cal Quantrell losing a run and a half is currently plus 150. 
140. And there's a lot of interesting things. You can go over to Bet Online today, check it out for yourself, look at all the data, information, and see what makes sense to you. Remember to use that promo code NFL100, get 100% back. You're never going to get a better deal than that. Go check out betonline.ag today. So let's talk about these games. I did not, I honestly, so the second game was just going to be a crapshoot. When it turned out it was going to be a bullpen by committee game, you knew that was just a whatever. That is going to be a crapshoot game. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But I, I thought the first game of this series was a clear advantage for the Indians. McKenzie had pitched so well of late. Uh, he seemed like he was just unhittable. And this is a game that he got hit a lot. He wasn't able to miss bats. And I'm not necessarily saying that uh, this is how it's going to be for him. He gave up three home runs. But uh, as the book gets out, I'll be curious to see how McKenzie adjusts. Because, you know, he had that great month. But... Uh, previous to that, the book was, you know, layoff pitches. He's having a hard time around the edges of the zone. He's not in the zone a lot, uh, and his walk count went through the roof. Now he is in the zone a lot. So while for a while their guys were laying off, now they're not. I feel like they're going to be more aggressive. They know when you step in the box uh, that it's going to be in the zone, so be ready. And I, I still think McKenzie is more than likely like a solid mid-rotation starter. I don't think necessarily what we've seen in last month where he looked, you know, like a potential ace is is where he's going to be, but I think he can still be very good. I'm not saying this as a knock. I'm just saying for me, like, I don't think Quantrell is more than like maybe a two, three, and I'm saying McKenzie is probably more of a solid three, whereas, you know, I think Quantrell is a little bit more ceiling. Uh, I look through his team, it's like to me, like Savali. Like, I think McKenzie could be on that Savali level. That, I, the only guy who I really believe is, like, a one is Bieber. And I think that's, if you don't see that, I, I don't know what to tell you. Whereas, like, Plesak, I think, is more of a 4-5. Like, if I am going just pure talent in this rotation right now, it's Bieber, Quantrell, probably Savali, McKenzie, then Plesak. And, again, this is not, you know, sat here for me to, like, crack up on the guy. But I, I am interested to see how he adjusts. Now, now that the book is, he's in the zone because the book was before to be patient. So it was very different approaches. And now uh, we'll see. I I still think, again, he's going to be a solid mid-rotation starter. He should be out there pitching. And I am happy to have him as a part of the Indians rotation for five more years. Uh, So in this game, uh, McKenzie went four and a third, seven earned runs on nine hits, one walk, four strikeouts, three home runs. That's where most of the damage came. Then you got the two guys we've talked about a lot of times that we don't know what their future with the Indians are you know should be that's uh Mejia who went one and two thirds struck out two and Sam Henches who went one inning struck out one uh I was reading Zach Meisel's piece today he also talked about that like it's weird that Blake Parker is pitching so much when we need to see what these kids can do uh and I was like hey yes I agree with you hopefully we'll see more of them and we got to see them today uh in the first game Brady Singer pitched a complete game for Kansas City Indians struggled uh they got six hits now, they only had three hits heading into that fifth inning where they ended up getting the, the two runs across, uh, thanks to Jose Ramirez. Uh, at that point, I remember, you know, like up to that point in time, it's like Straw had two of the three hits, I think, or maybe he had the only two hits when they were losing seven to nothing. Uh, eventually, he ended up going three for four. It's very easy to pick your players of the game. It's a Straw went three for four uh, in this one. So that there's one of them, Jose Ramirez. Uh, had a hit and a walk. He reached base twice. The only player to do that outside of Strauss. So those are two of your stars. And then Mejia went one and two thirds uh, scoreless inning with two strikeouts. So he's your third star for this game. 
they just didn't get it going. I mean, your opportunities with six hits and one walk, that's seven. Getting two runs on seven opportunities is not bad. The other side of things to get, they had uh, nine hits, one walk, and a hit batter. They had 11 opportunities, and they scored on seven of those 11 opportunities. That is very high. And we talked about this with the Indian series over the weekend. If you listen to Monday show, that happens. It gets to be that very high rate when there's a lot of home runs. And that's the Indians had a lot of home runs on Sunday. And over here, we have a lot of home runs for Kansas City with Dozier's 14th, Benintendi's 16th, and Salvador Perez setting an MLB record with his 46th home run of the year, a new catcher catcher wrecker. Record? Wrecker? Woo, record. <laughs> So, yeah, they lost this one. They fell 273 and 75. If they had won, which I thought they were going to do, they'd get back to 500. Uh, I am, you know, have a hard time getting too upset about wins and losses at this point. It's more about uh, seeing them develop, seeing the players and uh, the opportunities. It's like when they lose, hey, draft position. When they win, hey, that means the young players are playing well. And at this point, it is all young players for this team. Let's be honest. Now let's dive into the second game. A bullpen by committee. Uh, this one was kind of ugly, again, in all aspects. Uh, the Indians lose, uh, fall to 73 and 76, Kansas City to 69 and 82. You know, I'll say that I saw a lot of people talking about, man, it's hard to believe this season's almost over. It's been a disappointing season to be an Indians fan. Uh, I know this team's been a disappointment. It's, it's fascinating because, yes, I did predict that this team would get to, like, 88 wins, and that's not going to happen. I thought they'd be a playoff team, and that's not going to happen. But when I did my previews, if you go back and you listen to those, when I talked with all the other hosts in the Central, almost universally, none of them thought the Indians would even be third. Most of them thought that Kansas City had passed Cleveland in terms of talent. So is it a disappointing season for Indians fans? I think so. But in the grand scheme, honestly, most people did not expect them to be much more in what they're doing now. And the fact that they are second in the division and hanging out around 500 when you consider the fact that what Plesak was gone for two months uh, for the first two months of the year Tristan McKenzie was the worst starter in baseball that Cal Quantrell didn't even start the year as a starter that Bieber hasn't pitched in three months and still leads this team in war amongst all of their pitchers that Savali missed two months the fact that they are here is kind of a minor miracle uh, I don't think this is a team you should be disappointed in the outcome with the injuries they've had uh, where they are is almost spectacular. Saying that, this was an ugly game. <laughs> it was a very ugly game. A pair of bullpen by committees. Let's go through it. Nick Wickren can't get out of the first inning. He's your starter. Gives up three walks, one hit, and two runs. Both are in. Franklin Perez has to come in, and he pitches two and one-thirds, gives up two hits and two strikeouts. I still like Perez. I still think he's a part of this team going forward. I still think he is, you know, it, when I look at the pen for next year to start the year, where I feel comfortable is the idea that it's going to be Sandlin, Perez, Classe, Karinjok. I think they'll have Karinjok. I'm sorry. I think they'll have those guys up and ready. I don't know much beyond that, but I think that is a basis that I think you should count on. Uh, we mentioned Anthony Ghost comes in, pitches one and two thirds innings, one hit, one run, one walk, one strikeout. Justin Garza comes in to uh, help get out of things and strikes out the one batter he faces. Then you got Brian Shaw for one inning. He goes two hits and gives up one earned run. No walks. His walk rate, it's interesting again, and no strikeouts that his walk rate started to plummet when he stopped missing bats too, that this is a player who was going to walk like more batters uh, this year. I talked about one point in time. He was on then like his top two, maybe three years combined. 
but his strikeout rate was absolutely through the roof. Now his strikeout rate is sinking, his walk rate's rising, uh, his ERA is rising. Uh, I think there's potentially value in bringing back Shaw or Parker uh, or Whitgren at a discount rate, but you got to pick one. And I don't think bringing back all three makes a lot of sense. Uh, especially, it's basically whoever's willing to take the camp invite. Because, again, once they go to camp on a camp invite, you're going to have someone who's hurt. You're going to have, uh, you know, was it um, at that point in time, maybe that's when you consider it. You know, they didn't shift. Um, why am I blanking on, is it Val? No, Vargas, not Valdez, Vargas. They didn't shift Vargas because they didn't want to start his clock. But maybe they consider shifting someone like him at that point in time because uh, the might think, oh, he'll be up this year. He's already older. You know, there, there's ways to shift. There will always be someone who's hurt, a way to go through. There's going to be someone at the end of spring who got banged up that they're going to shift around. So we'll see. And then Class A was Class A. One inning, one strikeout, ERA down to 139. He has been utterly unbelievable this year. And if there's anyone really complaining about that Kluber trade, they should get their head checked out. The Indians only managed four hits. That's right, four hits and just and no walks. It's and there was no errors, and I do not believe there was a hit batter either. It's kind of crazy when you have four hits and get two runs when you had no walks. Uh, it's just odd to see. Uh, Kansas City only had six hits, but they had four walks, so they had ten opportunities. They got four on ten, where the Indians got two on four. Uh, Reyes had a an, a double and one of those hit, and then the the two hit or the two hits the two runs were Jimenez and Bradley going yard. So that's how you get that. Then you had a Franmo Reyes double and a Roberto Perez continuing to uh, to do some things. He also had a single in this one. Uh, for him and as I saw someone, I think it was Quincy Wheeler, who I think sometimes listens to the show, uh, pointed out uh, that he's been playing really well since he's getting regular playing time. And he's been just the everyday shortstop uh, since Ahmed Rosario. And that's the other thing. Like You go back to the Yankee series, you look at this one, Med Rosario's on bereavement leave. And again, I have no issue with him being on bereavement leave. I don't want anyone to misinterpret this, but it has opened up the door. It's giving uh, Jimenez more opportunities. It's giving, you know, Chang went over three or three strikeouts. We talked about how well he's playing, but uh, but it wasn't so much for him today. Uh, but guys like Chang, Clement, Jimenez. So we've seen Jimenez continue to get a little bit better. And like I said, his fourth home run of the year. Uh, Bobby Bradley's 14th. Those two get two of your three stars. Nobody reached base twice because, no, you know, there's four hits, no walks. No, no, we're no, This might be, outside of the no hitters, uh, this feels like maybe the first time I've sat back and be like, nobody reached base twice. This was a offensively inept game. It moved very quickly because of it, but it was definitely an offensively inept game. Uh, the other side of things, uh, you go and you give the third star to Franklin Perez. Uh, he pitched the only guy who pitched over two innings, the only guy who pitched two innings. Uh, and he pitched two and a third, two hits, two strikeouts, didn't give up an earned run. Uh, Class A did not give up an earned run, and neither did Garza, but Garza was in a third of an inning, and uh, Class A was in one inning. So I think it's pretty easy to pick your stars with Perez, Bobby Bradley, and Andres Jimenez. I'm going to throw in a quick apology. I've had to redo this like three times. Because I'm just having some like brain cramping occurring in the midst of this show. Let's go over and check out the Tankathon situation with the Indians having lost these last two. They're currently sitting with the 15th pick in the draft, uh, three what thousandths of a percentage point uh, higher or half a game. It's the New York Mets, and then the Tigers are quickly kind of. I mean, the Tigers have moved past the Angels. The Tigers have won three in a row, so I know their last ten. 
the Angels are up to the 12th pick in the draft. All of a sudden, if things don't go well, I mean, the Tigers are not that far behind the Indians. We are honestly in a situation where the Indians could finish third in the division. The Tigers are just a game behind them. And uh, they have this Kansas City series. We'll see how the next two games go before uh, the White Sox series. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, To get up to the 12th pick would not be the worst thing. We've talked about going from 15 to 12. I mean, that's probably somewhere around $700,000 they would have additionally to spend in the draft which is certainly a big thing for this Cleveland Indians team. And I know, again, people want to call this year a disappointing year. Look at the teams that are ranked around where Cleveland is in terms of like what they did this offseason, money they have spent, uh, trades they've gone out and made. And when you're looking at the Los Angeles Angels, the New York Mets, the Philadelphia Phillies, and the San Diego Padres are 14th, 16th, and 17th, respective, and the Angels are 12th respectively. It's uh, it's a tough grouping. Uh, Kansas City, with the two wins today, side note, is now up to the ninth pick in the draft. They are uh, how many games behind Cleveland? Let me flip over. They are five games behind Cleveland, so they're pretty solidly in their spot. And you just got the Twins at the bottom. It has been a cakewalk for the White Sox, and that is who the Indians will face uh, for a five-game series. I just... It, boggles my mind to say that it's still hard to believe that they're going to do double double headers this week this is going to be a just this should be a rough week it's going to be a beat up team uh, in general with all these games and uh, we'll take a quick commercial break we'll come back and we'll discuss the last two games of this Kansas City Royals series and uh, where I think uh, things will go in these ones you know Rock Auto by now how much more do I have to talk about this company they have been around for nearly 20 years American-owned, American-sold, but, I mean, they'll sell any part of any type of car, and you can go and find it for yourself. I remember, I've talked about recently, going and looking for windshield wipers. I need new ones. They had about 15 different options. You can go find the part that's for you, and even if you're like me and you are not a car person, you can change simple things on your cars like filters and the aforementioned windshield wipers and save yourself a lot of money through how cheap Rock Auto is and just do it yourself. YouTube is your friend. Trust me, you can do it. And if you're someone who can do even more with cars, well, of course you want to go and get the parts that you want for your car, not the part that the uh, retailer is going to sell you. Uh, this is your chance. You get the biggest selection, best prices over at rockauto.com. And remember that when you go to rockauto.com in the little how'd you hear about us box, you want to write locked on, locked on MLB, locked on Indians, locked on in general. That lets them know that their money with the locked on network is well spent. So go to Rock Auto today. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get your entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place that means no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package so we pretty recently reviewed the royals if you remember basically what it gets down to is the lineups are kind of similar slight advantage to the indians if everyone is healthy currently everyone is not so it's even closer to average the bullpens are similar, where they both are have that great closer and then a lot of question marks. 
So really, for these next two games, it comes down to the pitching matchups. Quantrell versus Lynch is advantage Indians. Carlos Hernandez versus Logan Allen, the elder, is advantage Kansas City. I expect a split. Potentially, they could win both, but I'd, I'd be more inclined to believe a split is coming. So that's kind of the preview. I'm cutting it short because we have to talk about some of these Players of the Week award winners. Uh, let's start off with the minor league ones. I think it's worth pointing out that uh, Daniel Espino was the player of the week in high A, and Gabriel Arias was the player of the week in triple A, so that's fun. But of course, it's the big one, the one worth talking about uh, more than any other. Jose Ramirez was the player of the week in the American League for batting 500, 10 for 20 with 10 runs, scored two doubles, two home runs, seven RBIs, four walks, and a 900 slugging percentage over the six games played. Uh, Andy Dubois, uh, D.B. Sice is talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> so as I said his name, he just tweeted at me. That's why it, I kind of got thrown off there. It literally popped up. But he asked if Ramirez keeps this up, how many MVP votes will he get and will he surpass Marcus Simeon? I, you know, can he get back in the top three, basically? I don't know. You know, I, he's got a chance. He just continues to play well. And this is what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to old versus new. I mean, more than anything else with him, it's going to come down to old versus new because uh, old school will be like, oh, man, he had a lot of errors. New school is going to look at the data and be like, yeah, but he actually had his best defensive season. Just in terms of overall war this year, he has the fourth best F war in baseball. Uh, yes, all on his own currently. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero is one. Uh, he of the 46 home runs. Marcus Simeon is two with you know the 40 home runs uh, in the metric. Now Guerrero's defense is what's pulling him back because he's a 173 uh, runs created plus. Uh, so that's I mean, he's just been an absolute offensive monster. Fifth is Fernando Tatis. Sixth Trey Turner. Like that Los Angeles trade. It, that's Turner and Scherzer. Wow, right. Seventh, Juan Soto. Eighth, Cedric Mullins. Nine, Carlos Correa. Ten, Starling Marte. Man, I was listening to something today, or maybe just reading something, where they were trying to explain, oh, well, Cedric Mullins is probably better than you think. And I was just like, I wish I could remember what that was. <laughs> it, was a, it was like a silly article, basically acting like, um, you know, here's this player that no one's talking about, uh, Cedric Mullins. If you're curious, Brian Reynolds is 12th, and as everyone expected, Brandon Crawford of the Giants is 14th, one spot ahead of Max Muncie. I'm, I'm joking, of course. Tyler O'Neill, who is the National League Player of the Week, is 20th in war this year. Uh, well, the Cardinals never trade away young talent. They just don't. Uh, I talked about, you know, I know Hiram is a love him or hate him type. I personally love Hiram because he's passionate, and I will always take passionate. Uh, and he'll give me some crap and whatever. But uh, if, if you listen to this one, I always enjoy the interactions, Hiram. Uh, you know, he asked about Tyler O'Neill, and it's it's just not their M.O. And the Cardinals are currently in the wild card spot. I can't see them trading away who has been their best player this year. So we're not going to really take the time to dive into that. I do have to point out in the National League, runners up, Atlanta outfielder Eddie Rosario, 471, eight hits, four extra base hits, and three RBIs. He's played very well since he got to Atlanta. Uh, he was an absolute disaster for the Indians. And then I also wanted to bring up going through the American League names like Willie Peralta, Josh Harrison, Bo Bichette, Robbie Ray, Carlos Correa, uh, uh, Joey Gallo, and also uh, Jose Siri of the Houston Nationals. Now, Siri is an interesting one. You might, if you're like, why do I remember that name? I went and I looked back in 2017, he had a 39-game hit streak, which kind of raised his profile. And he's one of those players in the lower minors who had to be added to the 40-man at a 
uh, just when he was in the lower minors. He was let go by the uh, the Reds in February of 2020, went to the Mariners. The Mariners let him go in March. Uh, he was with the Giants, then was granted his minor league free agency, signed in December with Houston, and this is a guy who's only played one one week in the big leagues. In his first week, he's up for player of the week. Uh, he's already accumulated a .6 war in just uh, 11 games, 22 plate appearances. That's how good he was over the past week. I'll be curious to see how he continues to go. Could be a massive upgrade, uh, or not massive upgrade. I don't want to say this. Could be a nice find for that Astros team. Uh, you know, I also, when I was digging in up some information, I saw Terry Pluto's recent piece, and he has some good information on there. I had someone ask about some of the stuff in here. Uh, no, uh, Henches and Mejia cannot be in the rotation in AAA because they're out of options. Uh, I, someone was like, hey, Terry said this. No, no, that can't happen. They're out of options either. They're with the Indians or they're not, and that's part of the reason they won't be there. Uh, you know, I do like how he mentioned, like, Cody Morris and um, uh and Ricoyo, and he goes a little bit deeper on some guys. Brian Levastida gets some love. Uh, talks about Nolan Jones, and that made me realize that I forgot to mention that he has a high ankle sprain. Now, a high ankle sprain is not great. It's basically a tearing of the ligament often because he's going to need surgery. Uh, this could be an issue that resurfaces. It's an issue where if someone doesn't take their time, uh, they can easily redo it. He's going to he's done for the year, uh, and he's going to require a surgery on his the ligaments in his ankle that's that's not great that is going to be something that slows him in terms of his transition to outfield or anything else uh you know he had that ankle injury gosh back in august maybe i remember first hearing like there was a bad collision it just seems like it got worse and uh playing on it was not ideal and yeah he's gonna require some ankle surgery this offseason which two things one as i talked about that transition but two uh you can't really trade it and it hurt prospect. Teams aren't going to be uh, jumping to add someone who's hurt, or they're going to discount his uh, value because he is hurt. So just had to talk about that. So now you got Nolan Jones and Ty Freeman, two of the kind of fabled five of Indians' high-end prospects, both uh, missing significant time this offseason for injuries. Uh, I think that's it. I think I'm finally caught up on news information and the like. Uh, we were at like 106 in top baseball podcasts. So close to breaking that top 100, everyone. Just a little bit more. Download daily. If you're not doing that already, please, please, please. That really helps uh, the show. Uh, get a friend to download. Download on multiple devices if you really want to. Anything helps. We were really close to breaking that top 100. Uh, doing a good job trying to surge into those uh, top 10 spots in the Locked On MLB podcast as well. So, yeah, that is my uh, my homework to the listeners out there. Do me a favor and uh, just, and you know, if you've left a rate or review, thank you. Uh, if you haven't, consider it on whatever you use. And just always download. Just always download. That helps us so much. Thank you all for everything you've done, though. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast. For the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go, Guardians, go.